0: Cannabis Media and PCM TV programming is supported by Revolutionary Clinics in Massachusetts, the number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations? Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one accounting solution for the cannabis industry. And by TCP's Style Lighting Grow Kit. All you need to grow. Well, here we are again, another Friday afternoon, chit chat show, we call it Green Rush Live. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media. We're very, very proud to have a breaking news kind of chat show for everybody today, because if you've been following the federal legalization movement, you probably knew that this vote on the Moore Act would happen on Friday. One of the great advantages of having a live streamed talk show is that we can react to this news immediately and joining us on the first half hour at least of this program is uh josh Kincaid from the talking hedge and our washington state correspondent on Weed talk news hello josh hey jimmy and also another correspondent this one from florida uh, heather allman from the cannabis law report hello heather
1: hello jimmy thank you for having me
0: and our special guest to lead off this half hour is our favorite representative from the new hampshire house of representatives his name is tim egan hello tim thank you jimmy for having me welcome welcome to our viewers all right so why don't we just do this first before we start asking tim about what's going on in new hampshire because you know all of a sudden Everything breaks on a Friday afternoon, or, and and I guess that's that's one of the reasons why I thought having a live show at four o'clock would have been a good idea. And that, you know, I was tallying up. I think we've done something like seventy-five or eighty of these shows on Fridays now over the last year and a half. So, one I have to make sure we know when we hit that century mark, the one hundredth show, and I will certainly be able to share that with everybody. I notice already that uh, people are in the chat room. And I did throw up a generic question about the Moore Act. So Josh, I'm gonna start with you and get your reactions to the news that the US House of Representatives have actually passed a bill to legalize cannabis.
2: Yes, for a second time in history. So um, good news, they debated it for an hour. So there was some stuff to be said, but ultimately fairly partisan issue where they see the revenue behind it and wanting to move forward. I did find it kind of interesting that they threw out some roadblocks being inflation as a reason why maybe they don't want to deal with this now and there's other things to deal with, but I haven't heard of anything for them on a way to actually combat inflation uh, successfully. But um, looks like there are some opportunities, but also some challenges. I'm, I'm looking at if if they deschedule to a two, that's not a good thing. So, looking at, at all of these options and what it really means, there's a lot of noise, a lot of excitement, but a de- you know, schedule two, not great. Uh, 8%, 8% tax, not awesome. Uh, and if they pave the way to interstate commerce without actually saying interstate commerce, trust me, coming from Washington 10 years later, it takes a long time to implement and change and do stuff. So if it's not there, we may not have interstate commerce, which could be the plot all along with multi-state operators quarter of a billion dollars in New York. They're not expecting legalization anytime soon.
0: Hmm, at least at the federal level. And of course, you know, this is a House bill. It still has to go to the Senate. Same situation in New Hampshire. Uh, but let's let's get Heather Allman's uh, feedback a little bit on the Moore Act passing uh, for the second time uh, in uh, the U.S. House of Representatives.
1: Well, it's exciting news. As Josh said, we we got some of the issues hashed out that I believe needed to be talked about. but. I, I find it find it, you know, we have we have the proponents of this, but we also are going to have that opposition in Booker and Wyden and Schumer because they're trying to push theirs. But with the more Act passing and going to the Senate, it's exciting news. The interstate commerce issue, yes, is an issue. But I've been speaking with a lot of people that are, considering the fact that this is an unconstitutional issue or not, because I, I know that interstate commerce under the, the business of professional code, especially in California, there's actually a bill that's been brought up there. So there's a lot of moving and shaking going on. So it's exciting news that it's passed the House again, but it's going to be interesting to see what develops in the Senate.
0: Gee, that sounds familiar. Tim Egan, <laughs> <laughs> you're in the House at a State House, New Hampshire, uh, and they had a, a a marginal medical program that was going on uh, for the last few years, I believe. But now um, you've taken it to the next step. First of all, congratulations on getting this through, because I know you were instrumental on the committee that helped steer this through.
3: Um, thank you, Jimmy. I, I am the chair of the House Democratic Cannabis Caucus, but let me make the nice uh, segue for you, like TV guys love to do, which is. Um, the one disappointment in the Moore Act is that my one of my con, my congressmen, Chris Pap, not my congressman, but one of our congressmen. We only have two, uh, Annie Custer and Chris and Chris Pappas. Chris Pappas voted no. And it surprises me because in the last UNH poll, uh, Democrats are 79% in favor of legalized cannabis in the state of New Hampshire. So um I think he's gonna have some questions to be had uh in his next election season. I think that's a little bit of the purple state that New Hampshire is. Um What happened just yesterday was House Bill 1598 to legalize cannabis and commercialize it through a one of a kind, right? Every other state knows what they've been doing in terms of a a commission and independent uh, businesses running um, dispensaries. New Hampshire is going to go with a state run model similar to Nova Scotia, where our New Hampshire Liquor Commission will have in the bill, unlimited licenses, so there'll be a, a mass, a massive amount of product grown, and then the state will run dispensaries um, to sell product. Um, that passed 169 to 1. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, accuracy and journalism here at, prior, at Pro Cannabis Media is my motto. Um, 169 to 156. That will now move on to the Senate. Um, It's an arduous process here in New Hampshire. Bill came to criminal justice because it was a cannabis legalization bill, passed out of that, comes to the House, got a um, majority vote, went to a second committee because it's a financial bill, went to Ways and Means, came out 1210 on a party vote, came to the floor of the House, was amended for a few things, uh, more than a few things, and that passed uh, just yesterday evening. It was actually the second to last bill of the night, which is why I didn't get a chance to send you an email till five o'clock this morning, East Coast time, and um, so we got a one step forward here. Uh, you know the crawl before you walk, walk before you run. Um, so that's where we're at in the house.
0: That that's certainly the same mantra that's going on in Washington D.C. right now too. You, you know that Um the, the Senate, as we all know, is controlled by nobody okay and that's half the problem is that it's split down 50-50 and you know i i just can't see how this is going to take the next step it'll take an awful lot of people in at least some of the legal states to put pressure as much as possible on their representatives in the senate okay to to somehow or other change those Republicans that are digging their heels on on this. This has become a a Democrat versus a Republican uh, bill, a, a, an issue. Uh, Josh, are you confident at all that we're going to see any movement? The, the The ideal is sixty votes in the Senate, correct?
2: Uh, I don't know, Jimmy, <laughs> but I am confident that it it will pass. Um, in fact. You know, after November, I think the Senate and the House are probably going to flip Republican. We'll probably have one of the lamest lame duck duck sessions in history, but that also is an opportunity so we could focus on some revenue generation, access for all, and kind of push that narrative where two-prong approach, right? The access for all for people, and that's from the, the top up or from the bottom up. From the top down, you're looking at the removal of 280E, which is more exciting to me and a lot of folks than banking because banking is already kind of out there and available for, for many. With the 280E removal, those margins automatically go way up and people can then or companies can then bring that price down and then everyone's happy once that normalization happens, pricing coming down, more affordability, especially during inflation right now. Hopefully all of those things can kind of normalize. And uh pave for a way to have some kind of normal system in place. Yeah. We'll see. A, a normal system out of DC would be a, a, a good thing. <laughs> um, a
1: novel, a novel approach indeed. A novel approach,
0: yes. Heather. Heather, you react. Do you think it will move forward in the Senate?
1: I am not as hopeful as Josh. I personally think that there's a little too much resistance. As you mentioned, we don't really it's not really controlled by anyone. We have a lot of infighting going on. I mean, I was surprised back in February when Matt Gates came out and said, we need to expeditiously, you know, look at the MORE Act because you're you're right. This is split down the middle. It seems even though it's not quite 50 50, there are there's a lot of pushback on the side of Republicans for tax reasons. There's a lot of pushback from Democrats for social equity reasons. So I think it's going to be a hard, a hard sell all the way around.
0: And it, and it seems like you only need 10, maybe 12 people, because I think there's two Democratic senators that are already saying no, no, no. And uh, that takes you down to 48 and you still need to get to 60 without that filibuster. Tim, how, how you go into a meeting with these, with Republicans how what are the what are their resistance what are the biggest factors that they bring out on a regular basis and i'm just talking about new hampshire here not right. the united
3: states and and it's interesting i, I got to tell you it's the one time in my life that i can say that the republicans aren't necessarily the problem here in new hampshire um new hampshire has had a rid of an anomaly the last couple of years uh we have sort of what we call big libertarian liberty caucus um uh, the liberty alliance is about 80 70 80 members of the 400-member House of Representatives, yes, unfortunately, we are the third-largest governing body in the world. Greek Congress, U.S. Congress, New Hampshire uh, legislature. So, of our 400 members, there's about almost you know 80 libertarians who are free everything, right? They're free staters; they want to pay no taxes. But the but cannabis is, I should have the right to grow it, smoke it, use it, whatever. So they're actually would have been an ally of the Democrats. We have the progressive Democrats that have been very supportive. Uh, our our problem has been sort of older Democrats who are you know uh, little Timmy little Jimmy failed math because he was out behind the gym smoking weed and they they're sort of stuck in that Reagan era mindset. So those folks and older um, again older um, moderate uh, not moderate more conservative Republicans. It's the moderate Republicans, the libertarians, and the progressive Democrats have sort of unified to get us across the board. Um, so that's really what um, has really mirrored nationally what's going on. I do want to say that our two state senator, our two federal senators, um, uh, who I love, Maggie Hassan, Jean Shaheen, have been awful quiet on this topic in New Hampshire. So I don't know if they're keeping their powder dry for the discussion federally and saying, great, this is Chris Sununu, Governor Chris Sununu's problem. Um, but we're also mirroring in the New Hampshire Senate. I can talk more about that, but I don't want to eat up all your airtime. I'd love to get to that when we do. That's all right,
0: that's all right. I love people who eat up my airtime because it means I have to say less. I really appreciate that. Um, And I think people at home appreciate that too sometimes. But I do want to go back to your New Hampshire bill because there was a few amendments that were added late in this process that you said in one of your quotes in one of the, um newsletters that i get um actually helped you decide to vote for this bill uh, one of them was the uh, edible provision am i right
3: you know it's so funny we you know everybody that is in studying this business in this business understands it you know the work that i've done in the last two or three years with the cannabis certification council we all see edibles rising as a sales product right it's the result of older folks who no longer w- you know, grew up in the cigarette generation, and no longer want to smoke. They don't want to inhale, so they're going to choose a gummy, a cookie. That's the one thing that's not in this bill. And then, moreover, in the initial bill, there was: we are decriminalized in New Hampshire until this bill passes, right? So it's basically possession of less than three quarters of an ounce it's a hundred dollar ticket. And more than that, it's it's a, it's a it's a steeper fine, but it's not a felony. In 1598, before the amendment. You could get a felony charge if you had more than 300 milligrams of edibles. That's like three packets of gummies. So our, I'm sorry, a, a packet and a half of gummies. So you know, now one of the real important ones for me was, okay, I understand that I might not be able to buy it in New Hampshire yet. You know, we got another session. We could bills get changed all the time, but that should not be something that sends you to jail. So that was a big sticking point, which I think the the creators of the bill. Um, who majority um, of the sponsors were the Republicans. There were two or three uh, Democrats, including um, our floor leader. So that's why I, I felt comfortable with the change that now edibles are, you know, you can possess them, you can use them. There, there's gonna be no penalty for that. And that was a big one. Um, the other ones, which are a little more, I'll say, uh, in the weeds, and that's your your other show, good plug, show plug. Um, Thank you. Ted. We're about the finance side. You know, um, New Hampshire is a no sales tax, no income tax state. It's an interesting place to be a Democrat because we love services. We like education. We like public health care. We like, you know, supporting the law enforcement, you know, environment. So we're stringent with the dollars. And that was the big reason why I think Republicans were in favor of this bill. But one of the things that changed Um, was we made sure that we put more money into reducing property taxes, like line items of where the revenue as it comes in goes to, um, which is the only way that New Hampshire gets taxed revenue, and that taxes the landowners disproportionately. So We said some of this needs to go to property tax to help landowners and homeowners, and it needs to go towards our long-term debt, our pension program because New Hampshire is one of the top three oldest states in the country. We have folks that are, you know, we have tons of aging baby boomers who are getting state pensions for being a teacher, being a fireman. So we wanted to make sure that those costs that hit the state were being directed, and then the state could use it for the hey, we have extra revenue. Let's buy more snow plows and, you know, and pave roads and things like that. So those couple provisions, business wise and legally wise, um, were really important to me. You know, I think, you know, like I said, most laws go over changes in new hampshire we have biennium so every two years so there's a good chance if a, if re-elected and no, i was like good chance if i if i there's a great chance if re-elected i'll be filing a bill to make edibles legal um in in within the structure because then we'll already have built the structure and i think the state-run operation will realize they're missing a market when customers come into the store and they go oh you have this you have that and, oh do you have any cookies or you have any gummies and we run great liquor stores here. It's a really great, smart business model. I think anybody that runs a good retail business will understand when consumers start asking for things, you better give them or they'll go somewhere else. So I think edibles are, will are eventual. So that's right. sort of the big couple changes that made me support this bill. Um, and, you know, it was, it was 15, uh, 13 votes, you know, it was close. Right. Um, no home grow, right? So breaking news, Jimmy Young. Um, this Thursday, next Thursday, the 7th, uh, finally put on the docket under State Senate Judiciary Committee, um, nine o'clock in the morning, is House Bill 629, which passed with a veto-proof majority earlier in September. It's a bill I supported vehemently, a Representative Carol McGuire bill, which is legalization and home grow possession up to an ounce. Of, uh, I want. I'm, I think it's three, uh, mature plants, six immature plants. That's actually finally getting a hearing. You know when it decided to get a hearing? Thursday morning when House Bill 1598 was coming to the floor. So I think the Senate now realizes they have to take some action. So um, I, if I can say to any of your viewers that are in New Hampshire, contact your senator, please go to um, our general court court.state.nh.us, look up Bill House Bill 629 and ping and say, you're in favor of that bill passing. We need folks out there to say to their state senators uh, on the Judiciary Committee um, that this bill is worthwhile. Um, If we're in a state where live free or die is the motto, and we have libertarians who call their free state project and our governor gave his state of the state address and said, we're the freest state in the nation. Why should we not be able to have legal cannabis if you wanna grow in your backyard?
0: Absolutely, I certainly agree with that. Uh, Josh, you want to have a a, a closing question for Tim, or or are we good?
2: I would like to know. uh, I didn't hear the explanation. Maybe you don't know, but maybe you can infer. Why did that Democrat flip when he voted before to approve? And then this last time uh, put a no vote on the legalization? What what is that about?
3: i didn't i just learned that literally about an hour and a half ago from um a great fan and supporter and uh i'll say leader of the pro cannabis movement in our state matt simon who usually used to run the marijuana policy project now works for um, um prime atc our medicinal industry he let me know that um chris pap congressman chris Papp has voted no so i'm gonna dig into that my okay. personal congress congresswoman uh, is Annie Custer? I live in Sugar Hill, which is in the White Mountains, so that's her district. Um, he's in the other district. We only have two um, congressional folks, so we're going to dig into that. Um, I know the Democratic Caucus is going to ask him because we're, you know, we're in favor of it here in the state. You know, the last poll, which was just uh, like three weeks ago, uh, four weeks ago, seventy-nine percent of Democrats want legalized cannabis in New Hampshire. You know, overall seventy percent of the people in the state, and you know, sixty percent of of Republicans. So if he wants to get reelected, I'm I'm not sure what he's thinking because the preponderance of folks are thinking that way, and we think that's everything. That the signals that we're getting from the corner office and Chris Sununu is this it's it's time finally in New Hampshire. At least we're getting that vibe. At least we're being told that by you know supporters and 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 um, confidants of his. So I will. Hopefully, maybe that's for the next episode. I can give you some more news.
0: Well, you know, you're welcome Uh, here anytime. I appreciate that. Heather, any last uh, questions you have for Tim?
1: Yeah, I was not a question, just a suggestion. Make sure you watch that edibles rule because I'm in Florida and we passed ours legalized. We didn't get edibles for another four or five years. Um, So I'm with you. I think that that's where we're getting the biggest demographic of new people coming into the market and they want to try those things that they're trying to leave out because you know that's important is having all of the options and having that open accessibility.
3: Yeah, I, I will definitely want to talk to you more about your strategies and communication around how you did that. I think where we're seeing the pressure in a good way is right, Mass and Maine have been active, you know, um Canada it's legal. Vermont coming on board in the last year, New York legalizing, Connecticut legalizing. I think there's now pressure in New England. And I think that's why you know, you're seeing House Bill 1598 move forward. I do agree that you know we have to watch that, but I think the pressure of Vermont and the, and the sort of the economic development relationship, you know, Vermont and and New Hampshire are next to each other, but they don't think north and south. They more think east and west. And a lot of people in the north country, Grafton, and Cost County, where I live, go do their business, you know, or go into Maine and into Vermont, into St. John'sbury, into Lindenville, into Hardwick, into you know Burlington. So if it's easy for them to cross the border and buy edibles, the state's going to wake up right away and go, oh, my gosh, we missed the window. We better hurry and get it through. So um, can I ask
2: um, you a follow up question about that? Because if you have border state FOMO and people are crossing over and buying it, but then the state doesn't get that revenue, what is your opinion on how many states will have to have that approval from uh, regulation into actual legalization? What how many states need to approve in order to have full federal legalization?
3: Hmm. I don't know, you know, that's a tough question, um, right? What do we have? We have we 18, 17 30, states?
1: 36
3: 36 plus medical, yeah, 36, but, I
1: think, medical and
3: 19 adult 19. use. 19 adult use. You know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be more than half the nation is going to have to be there. Um, you know, we're going to have to get another five, six states. That's
0: what we need. That's what we need. But right now, We need to take a break. We want to thank Tim Egan, representative from New Hampshire, who joins us on a regular basis. Always a pleasure, Tim. And I look forward to talking with you again, sir.
3: Can I make one last comment, Jimmy? (sighs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) You said you wanted fill air. Um, You know, I was named to be the chair of the House Democratic uh, Cannabis Caucus by our minority leader, Rennie Cushing. Uh, he passed away about three weeks ago. Um, he's been an ardent supporter of pro-cannabis. Um, I think there was a sentiment in the House of Democrats to support this bill, while a tough state-run bill that the sort of the governor was leading, you know, will 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 benefit from because the state will do well financially. But I think everybody had him in the side of them, going, "This is what Rennie would want us to do," and I want to pay homage to him, but I want to make people know that. You know, at the end of the day, we're elected officials who work for the people. And when I look at the numbers, and 80% of the people in my state say I want legal adult use cannabis, I have to vote for it. And I have to tell my Democratic friends, and Republican friends, and Independent friends, and Libertarian friends, go, this is what your people want. This is what your job is. Let's do it. So I appreciate you letting me say that. And I appreciate chatting with um, with Josh and Heather and you today
0: always a pleasure tim megan we are going to take a break our regular 420 break with shanty who by the way as you know tim is a new hampshire guy and actually played this version of shanty at the public radio station in new hampshire so uh we're having kind of a granite state love fest today is that all right yeah live free or die baby we're Lock gonna on. take a break we'll be back with more don't go away. <laughs>
1: Hi,
2: my name is Tai Chang. I'm the president and founder of Aloha Green Apothecary in Hawaii. We're a vertically integrated medical cannabis company with three dispensaries, uh, one extraction lab, and one cultivation center near the North Shore of Oahu. We have over 150 employees now, and we've been working with Adaptive HR to meet our our human resource needs. We're super excited to work with them as we expand, and we've grown uh, at least two, three times over the last two years. So we look forward to a good relationship with Adaptive, and uh, come visit us in Hawaii anytime. Aloha.
0: Hey, you want to grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It has everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the the best-in-the-business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information. Meet caduceus Science, the alternative wellness company. You know CBD, but how about CBG, CBN? That's right, Caduceus Science produces a range of full-spectrum products, all lab-tested in small batches to maintain the highest quality of products. KadushaScience.com